Hey everyone, my name is Josh Proctor and this is the Life on Side B podcast. On this podcast, we are going to discuss, as the name pretty much clearly states, what life as Side B LGBT Christians is really like. For those of you who don't know, Side B is a term used to refer to Christians who are LGBT, attracted to the same sex, or have gender dysphoria, yet hold a traditional view of sexuality and marriage, and therefore live according to that view. Every episode, I will be talking with different Side B Christians about different aspects of their life, faith, and experiences. My goal with this podcast is to show that being Side B is not this depressing life of self-hatred and loneliness, but rather, it can be pretty dang beautiful and amazing. Now, every season, we will be focusing on a different theme of sexuality and faith issues related to the lives of Side B Christians. This season, though, I am really excited because we are going to be looking at different ways Side B Christians live out their sexuality and find intimacy and community. Each of these interviews has been a huge encouragement, even for me, as I navigate what community and belonging look like in my own life. You will be able to see that there are so many different ways that Side B Christians can live with joy within their faith. And in that way, I hope it can be an encouragement for you too. So with that, let's head into today's episode. So, it has been how many months? May, June, July, August, September, October. We are in our sixth month of season one, and it is finally coming to a close. This is almost the last episode. There's a surprise coming next week, but we'll get to that at the end. But now, today, we are doing a review of this past season. This season has been full of a lot of conversations. And I am here not by myself. I am here with the amazing, the, uh, that word doesn't even work in English, espectacular, because I can't think of another word, Ashley. Hi. And they have that word in English. But that doesn't spectacular oh my gosh why am i my gosh (laughs) oh my gosh why did that happen in my brain it's late it's late and on top of i kept wanting to say spectacular i'm like that doesn't that that doesn't work no it's spectacular so the amazing spectacular ashley (gasps) i'm so glad you're here and i have an announcement to make with that that starting in season two the format of the podcast is going to be shifting a little bit and we're going to be going to a co-host format where there's not just going to be me, but a few other people that will be joining the podcast as co-hosts and Ashley's one of them. So before we get started, do you want to share a little bit about yourself? Um, Anything you want to share? Let's see. I'm 29. Um, I'm from 
the south of the United States. I'll say that much. Uh-huh. Um, I I don't know. I, I blank when people ask me direct questions. It's weird. Don't worry. I just yeah. thought I'd give you a chance. I've known you probably for year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Around the first revoice, I think, is when it we more or less, yeah. Yeah, a little bit beforehand. I got yeah, into the Facebook group like right, uh, just a month or two before. Yeah, I was that that was I was still on um the the admin team. So it was like I remember when anytime missionaries would come in, I would get excited. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because I am also a missionary. Yes. Love it. So this week, because we're doing a review, we're actually swapping roles. Ashley is going to interview me. We can't like, exactly let you ask yourself questions. It'd be weird. I mean, I'm already weird enough. Why not? <laughs> but <laughs> but let's, let's not go there. <laughs> it doesn't need to be that crazy of a podcast. Anyway, with that. So, again, um, you know, this season has been on community and belonging. And I'm just excited to talk about it with you, Ashley. All right. So what do you think made you decide that community was where the podcast needed to start? Yeah, um, that was actually very interesting and also kind of connected to my whole reason for creating the podcast, um, which really comes from just a deep desire to understand it. You know, I'm 28 years old and getting to the point of life where I need to know how I'm going to have community in my life for the rest of my life. You know, right. like, uh, I can't just be putting this off and, just be trying not to have sex. Every day. <laughs> yeah. um, I need to think towards the future. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, this past year, I will admit anyone who listened to episode three probably heard me talk about that. I many times say the year after I left my ex, when I left being side A and became side B, mm-hmm. that the year after leaving him was the worst year of my life. Um, this year has s- surmounted that year as becoming the new worst year of my life. Ouch. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was not expecting it. God and I have had a few different conversations about that um, because I have lost multiple family members. Uh, one right. very close to me um, that was really d- changed the way I look at life, losing them uh, because it was someone I did not expect to lose in any way. You know, sometimes we kind of are able to come to a closure when, when people die of old age, you know, yeah. and, or, or even if they've just been sick for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. There's that process of kind of preparing for death. But right. then when someone dies suddenly, it makes you question a lot of things that you thought you understood. And then on top of that, um, having someone very close to me get sexually violated and um, different things like that just really made me this past year rethink my life. Um, I went through heartbreak twice um, of people who left my life and who I truly loved. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of this, those things combined made me just think about life. And so 
I started seeing people in my, around me who had found intentional community, who had been married, who were in celibate partnerships, committed friendships, all of the different things. And I'm like, I need to talk to these people (laughs) and figure out how did they decide to get into these situations and what's right for me? Like, what is it for me? And so honestly, the whole theme really started from there. And then just kind of seeing that, like, this is not just a question I'm asking. This is a question a lot of people are asking. Yeah. And then therefore decided, well, maybe this is not something that I need. These are, these are not conversations that I need to just have one-on-one by myself. These are conversations we all need to be having. That we can all benefit from, yeah. 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 And so that's kind of where it came from. With the people that, that you interviewed, what do you think was like... Like not just what stood out to you most, but like what what impacted you maybe unexpectedly or just like what impacted you out of all the different people that interviewed you? Because like I know when you go into something, it's like, I think this one's going to be the most interesting or this one's going to be the most impactful. And then sometimes it's a different one. Yeah. Yeah. I do have to say in that way... Um, there has been so many interesting points in this this season. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I have that I like you said that I was not expecting. And for instance, I'll be honest, um going into this season, one of the topics that we covered that I wanted covered because I knew it was really important, but I didn't wasn't covering it really because it's something I was considering was mixed orientation marriage. Um for a while I've I've kind of had that door closed. Just personally, but I, right. it's, I felt- um, it's something that can, so what's, what's the word? It can be off-putting to people because for so long it was pushed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for me, it wasn't there, but I was like, I, we still, we still have to talk about it, obviously. Um, yeah, I definitely benefited from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, also you are in a mixed orientation marriage yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I wanted to include this, but I never expected me to be as impacted by the episodes that we did on mixed orientation marriage as I was. One of the things that stood out to me so much was what Dean said when he talked about when he was dating uh, Lisa and they went to their pastor and their pastor asked them, why do you want to get married? And he was expecting them to say, because we love each other. And they didn't say that. They said, because we believe we can fulfill our calling better together than apart. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. Like me and my husband, we read, um, I'd, I'd asked you for it to help me find it in Spanish, the book by Francis Chan. What was yes. Uh, uh, me and you forever or yeah, something uh, like that. I can't remember. Yeah. And we, we both really liked it because it wasn't your typical marriage book it was more like how do we together move towards christ yeah and it was it was very different so i i really do like um i liked all of dean and lisa's stuff obviously and like the question and answer part with them together was even better i love lisa just as a person i love her lisa if you're listening i love you you're one of my favorite humans (laughs) she was so much fun to talk to (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're both great. And I think also, 
like you're saying, you weren't expecting to get as much from it, but sometimes yeah. it's like, um, I don't know, because we think, well, that's not what I'm doing or that's not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to relate to it. Yeah, exactly. But it yeah. ends up being like, you know, I actually really do relate to it. Like I even found that in, in certain areas I related a lot to Lisa, even though she's the straight spouse and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably because we're just both women, but I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's so true. Like, honestly, I took that, that piece that Dean said mm-hmm. and I even held on to it in my friendships. In, yeah, like any relationship. In any relationship, because I think so many times we get so focused on this idea of like, this feeling of love. And yes, it's important. I'm not downgrading it. But then we don't think about, is having this person in my life benefiting my purpose? Um, Mm -hmm. Which actually is really funny. Um, I'm going to pull up a note because this is also kind of goes along the lines. I went and visited another side beer in in Virginia and Mm -hmm. got to see Ravi Zacharias speak while I was there, which was amazing. And Ravi Zacharias, while he was talking, was talking about um, what he called the problem of pleasure. And like, how do we know when pleasure is good or pleasure is bad? And I love what he said here. Anything that refreshes you and doesn't distract, diminish, or destroy your ultimate goal in life is a valid pleasure. The main question then is what is your purpose in life? And I kind of feel like that fit in really well of that whole thing of like are the people that we have in our life, the things that we pursue, how do they, do they boost me? Do they help me and don't hold me back from what I am convinced is God, what God has called me to. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was for me. I would probably say that's the one thing from this season that has most stuck me stuck with me. If I were to, I had to only take one thing and I had to throw away the rest, it would be that one statement. But there were just so many, um, you know, another one that really impacted me a lot. And I wasn't expecting it to was the one with Luke on church inclusion. Um, I really liked that one. Yeah. That one was, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but it was like, it was like, it was cause you know, how sometimes you want to, there's things you want to share with other people, but you don't know how to say, you don't know how to communicate them. Well, yes. I feel like he communicated all these things that are very important to us. I feel like he communicated them well, mm-hmm. not only to us, cause we kind of already know them to an extent, yeah. but he explained them in a way that an outside audience would also understand them in a compassionate yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly it. You know, honestly, when I planned the episode with Luke on church inclusion, I was honestly planning it as a filler. Like, I need an I need another episode in the season in order to get it to like the length that I want it. And so, I was like, well, let's talk about church inclusion. That's part of community. And not that I thought Luke was a filler. Luke, you're not a filler. I promise. I really love you. But the episode itself was, and but it impacted me so much um, more and exactly because you said like he said things that I'm like oh my gosh that's true and you said it beautifully because church inclusion is a very broad subject to an extent and it is also very deeply impactful for a lot of us because 
you know, we, yeah. uh, most of us come from churches and we want to be involved in some way or another. And there's always that fear of, you know, people finding out, kicking us out, treating us differently, all these different things, also depending on what levels you want to be included on, included in. And because Luke has experience with churches, and I think that's also a thing. I really yeah. do like listening to, listening to, I don't want to say our elders, Luke, I'm not saying you're old. <laughs> I'm just saying people that have more life experience than I do and to see that they haven't given up. Yes. Because you see a lot of people our age and younger saying, this is too hard. This is impossible. You're asking too much. Yeah. And then to see someone who's like, I'm living my life. I've Mm. gotten further than you have. There are hard moments, but I've learned from them and it's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would say the other one that like, the other one that surprisingly impacted me was uh, Lawrence talking about identity for sure. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. His perspective as someone not from the States was exactly, just like, and remember I told you that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. It's just like, was so refreshing to be like, Oh my gosh. So there's so many times where we get so entrenched in understandings and worldviews and stuff that we forget the, how our culture influences it. And we just think that's universally how people think about it. Yeah. And plus the rest of the world already sees Western culture like that, that we can only see through our lens and it's impossible yeah. to see outside of it. Yeah. It, it really did. It just seeing, mm-hmm. hearing something from an outside perspective is like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. We just never thought of it. Yeah. I just, I love how he put things and was just like, I don't understand, you know, and, and right. I, I think that he did it in a really good way that didn't diminish identity for those of whom it's important, mm-hmm. but was just giving like for him coming from an outside culture and then coming into one so focused on identity. I mean, whether it's racial identity, sexual identity, right. whatever, it was like, oh, I, I don't think about these things like normally. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that, that, I would say that's the other one that surprised me and I wasn't expecting to get out of for sure. Uh, but there were so many, there's so, so many good parts. And I would actually have to say one of my amazing go-tos who I think will go down in life on side B history is Megbots. <laughs> I have never heard more positive feedback on an episode than hers. Oh, wow. That's and great. People like, but not only just the episode, like people loving her. Well, yeah, but I mean, on top of that, I mean, you've seen Meg post in different aspects of the internet, even yeah. in like Twitter, that is just the dumpster fire of the internet. Yeah. Like she's always just, I don't want to say she's always positive, but she's just kind of got like these depths of wisdom. She does. She does. Girl, that girl is like 70-year-old wisdom in a 26, <laughs> 26, Meg, Meg, I'm sorry, I didn't remember. Something like that. Some early, t- mid-20s. She's younger than us. She's younger <laughs> than us. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, she is. She really does. She has that wisdom of beyond her years and yes. shares it in a great way. And I think that stuck with people that I'm so glad she was the first one because it just like, 
I think her episode was a great introduction just to the season and to the podcast, like in general. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Yeah, especially when I was in that moment, a kid, well, I mean, I'm, I'm still a kid with just a microphone, but a kid with a microphone with a less understanding of what he was doing, just simply asking friends, will you talk to me and let me record it and put it on internet? Right. <laughs> I don't really know much more than that. I think I've learned a little bit since doing And I think that was like the, an interesting part of like this first season for me too. A lot of these people, not all of them, there were, there were definitely people that, that I didn't know, but there are people that I know either well, mm-hmm. not so well, or they're acquaintances of mine. But these are all people that I've, I've, not all of them, but like most people that I've met. And so it's been very interesting to just like hear these parts of their lives. And they actually are people that, that I know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it wasn't as disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the big things that I decided on going, um, going into creating the podcast was at times we are going to talk to some of the quote unquote, you know, side B celebrities. Right. Yeah. Our, our, our big names. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to make it more about just regular side B people, people that we don't normally hear from always people that we know. Right, and, yeah. You want to hear a funny side note about our side yeah. B celebrities? Yes, please. Okay. So you remember we had the Spanish speakers, um, like, afternoon meetup? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. At Reverse. Okay. That one day I was there. And I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Greg Johnson and Wesley Hill that came into the bar while we were it eating. It was Wesley Hill and Greg Johnson. They walked Right. In. Okay. Everybody starts, like, looking. And my <laughs> husband's like, What? I was like, well, I was like, one, he's a pastor of the church. We had the conference last year. And the other guy, he's written a book that we've all read. And he's like, and you're all excited about that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, we're the only people that know who they are, but we're really excited about it. And he's just like, okay, honey. That's (laughs) It's so true. It it is literally true. I'm like, that's why I have to call them side B famous. I mean, right, right. They're famous for us. I do have to say, and not that he listens to this podcast, but Wesley, if you are listening to this podcast, you will enjoy the story. But I remember meeting him at Revoice this year. And then after that, him following me on Instagram. And I was like, my hero. and i told my friends back home and they're like cool yeah it's like okay cool like you don't like the first year i went and i was like when i I went to the first voice and i told my husband i was like yeah i'm gonna meet like this person this person this person they wrote the books that i have on my shelf and he's like same thing he's like that's great honey yeah that's great that's great yeah yeah so i mean and and so i want to have those people on but I I also kind of want to give a voice to some people that we don't, you know, normally yeah. hear from, which has been good, you know, and and interesting, especially as you said, because many times, many of the people that I, I I've had on and have been just friends of mine, and or acquaintances, and getting to ask questions has been interesting. I don't think there's been a single person that I haven't learned brand new things about, even if I've known them for years you know yeah yeah so it's been good and then how do you think um the new things you learned 
this season? How do you think that maybe changed or like just impacted or augmented the way that you view community since you were going in to learn about it? Do you think anything changed about how you view community or how you think about it? Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things that uh, there's been a few different things that I've that has changed my way of thinking. I, I think it's really hard to separate how the season has impacted me from generally how my year has impacted me. Um, but they kind of go, I mean, it, it has how the season has impacted my view of community and belonging and how my year has, you know, impacted my view of community and belonging. Because, like that's what you were learning about through the season, but it was also something you really had to put in practice because yeah, it's a tough year. Exactly. Cause it's really funny. I would be learning about an issue of committed friendship and would be living out something related to that in my life or mm-hmm. would be, you know, as I talked about family in at season, episode three with Michelle I have been going through stuff of really understanding what it means to walk through this with family, you know, biological family yeah, and um, the possibility of intentional community and all of these different things, having to live them out. And I think the one first thing, how it has changed my view is, especially I think Melinda even talked about it where you, we all, we're supposed to dream about community and, but also to remember our dream community doesn't exist perfectly. Right. They just don't there. It's great to dream and to, in order to have a better understanding of where we're going, but then to ultimately understand that not all of my expectations are going to fit. And that really doesn't even apply just to side B people, but all people straight LGBT you know, side A, side B, wherever you're at. Yeah. What you're dreaming about how your relationship's going to be, your community's going to be, your marriage is going to be, whatever it is, it's not going to end up perfectly that way. Yeah. Um, I've, I've kind of always said that you have to know what your ideals are and still know what your reality is. Like just because something is ideal doesn't mean that it's reality. And just because something is your reality doesn't mean that it's necessarily ideal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I also think the other way that this season has impacted my view of community huh, has been, I have been learning very, um, it's kind of connected to what Dean said, what I had said before about the whole thing with Dean of does this person or does this community per- help me pursue my, uh, my goal um, mm-hmm. or my life calling Yeah. to give context of what I'm about to say for anyone who understands the Enneagram, I'm a three. Okay. So do you do the, any, do you understand? Like barely. Okay, I've, don't worry. I've delved to be able to participate in these conversations when everybody gets really excited. Yeah. I don't get that, really excited. I'm kind of the same as you. I'm like, yeah. Like you tell me you're a three. I don't know what that means. I can tell you my number, but I don't know what it means. Oh, good. Good. I, I know what three means. Cause I'm cause of me, but I don't really pay attention to the other numbers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of goes along with number three. Num- um, number threes are very goal oriented. Like they okay. have a goal. We, we have a goal and 
we're, we want to pursue that goal. So for me also like cutting people out, like if they didn't pursue, help me in my goal has not been hard for me. That's been like my life. Like I have a, I have a dream and I'm going here. If you want to help me, like, let's do it. If not, sorry, bye. But then I think something that has also been happening is, is understanding more clearly where that goal, like that kind of thing help works alongside of it. But also at the same time, finding a healthy medium of sometimes being in community also means sacrifice. And I don't think it should mean sacrificing your actual goal, but sometimes the way that your goal actually occurs. Um, yeah. And because I'm, I'm trying to think about like how to word this, but because like the goal or whatever is supposed to be, you know, the gospel or whatever way you want to put it, but the body of Christ being the body of Christ, we have to learn how to make that part of our goal. Yeah. We always think that like our purpose is this thing that I have to go and accomplish in the world and that I have to do. And that, that may be a culture thing to an extent because we're so self-sufficient, but I really don't think that like that's God's intention. It's like, yeah, this is something that, and I think that's even almost prideful to think because purpose has always been something very important to me as well. But learning the difference between like, it's not that God's sending me onto the wolves to go save the world. It's, He's going to save the world and he wants to take with him. Yeah, and there's no, other people involved in that. Absolutely. I, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like even, um, you know, I'll give an example of one thing that's very common in this whole thing of where and how our goals are, um, mm-hmm. our goals are fulfilled is related to location because sometimes community and your goals both will pull you into different physical directions. I completely understand. (laughs) (laughs) They do. And you obviously have to make a limit of like, no, like my, my, my God given calling is, is leading me here. And if you're not even going anywhere in that direction, then sorry. But sometimes there's a little detour or sometimes there is a, just a kind of adjustment of like, okay, I wasn't thinking it was leading me here, but I'm going to go here. And sometimes that means you have to steer a little bit more towards where you've understood for your, your, your calling. And sometimes it means kind of steering more towards community. Like this is where my community's at. And so I have to go here. You know, and understanding that that doesn't always negate your calling. You Mm -hmm. can still fulfill your calling. Because I know location is a very hard one for me because my family all lives in one area. And like, but then a lot of like side B community, I, I, most side B community is not in my area. (laughs) And then a lot of my other communities in Colombia. And then like that location has always been a hard part for me. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I'm from the States. My husband's from one country. The country we worked in for five years was a completely different one. And we want to go to Colombia in the long term. 
And while we do know people there, it's not that we have a solid community there. And then, like you said, even though I'm in the States, a lot of my side B friends are, you know, a few States over to say the least, you know, it's not, I needless to say, I totally understand. Yeah, no, I get, I, I, um, it's, it's a process. I, I would say that the other two, the other two main things that I've learned in this, in this time of doing these interviews and kind of thinking through these different ways that people find community and how that applies to my life. I would say the other two lessons that have drastically changed my, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say drastically have drastically changed my view of community is first of all, the community that you end up having in your life may not always be the form that you thought it was going to take initially. Yep. And also I think the other thing is, is that your community should never just be one of the things that was discussed here. Like for instance, I want to give this like example, just because you get in a mixed orientation marriage does not mean that you're still might not be called the intentional community just because like how Max talked about, just because you're in a partnership does not mean you're not called to intentional community. Just because you're single in an intentional community doesn't mean that you're um, um, not called to adoption. Like all of these different things, it's not a pick one. Yeah, definitely. Like In some cases it is. I mean, marriage, obviously yeah. there's things that you're saying no to. But. Yeah, in- yeah. I totally understand that. But like, for example, like, it's, like I said, I'm married. Me and my husband are going on eight years now mm-hmm. and for the first like five or six of those the organization we we work with is community living yeah we obviously have our own bedroom yeah but <laughs> we live either in a house or on a base with lots and lots and lots of people yeah and that includes babies, teenagers, kindergartners, our own students that can range from 18 to 47, you know, mm-hmm. our leaders, everybody like in one house or one yeah. building, you know, and that was really good for us. Mm-hmm. And we both miss it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's such, it's such a big thing when I think when I was first going into this season, I thought I took all of these topics. Like I took a piece of paper. I was on one of my plane rides. I don't remember which one they all blur together, (laughs) but I was on a plane somewhere Mm -hmm. and I was just writing down all these topics I wanted to talk to people about intentional community, adoption, marriage, celibate partnerships, committed friendships, all of these things. Yeah. And I think really, honestly, I first saw it as a pick one option. And then kind of leaving it, I see it more fully like, no, my community is my biological family. My community is my group of friends that Michelle and I talked about in episode three. My, my, um, my community is my adopted family in Colombia. My community is my church. My community is the, um, the committed friendships in my life. Um, all these different things. And then are a part of my community and in different ways, 
And, you know, there might be one person who's really a major part of the community and there's others that, I'm, well, they're all part of the community, but um, it, it's, it's a much more beautiful, broader picture of community than I w- thought originally it was going to be. Yeah, because it's probably because we always have this idea of the nuclear family. So we think of when it's like, well, I need to format my community we're thinking of like well i need to form whatever's going to be my nuclear group or whatever but if we keep and i i try to i it helps me to think about it like this is to like to think about it as the body of christ and they keep and the the word talks about how the body of christ different parts of it have different functions Mm -hmm. and you know the hand can't say to the ear you're not important because they all have different functions in our life pointing yeah. us towards Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, and that, that has been one of the most beautiful things, especially because a lot of the parts of that community have been ones that I haven't developed since doing the, there have been, there have been parts of my community that have developed since starting this season, but mm-hmm. many of them have been in my life for a while, you know? And so it's been right, interesting yeah. to see the ones that have been in my life for a while. And those people that have come into my life since this season started and how mm-hmm. all of that just creates just a beautiful picture of community for me. Um, but I would say the last way that my sense of community has changed since starting this um, season. And I think it got talked, it just got talked about in a few episodes. So it wasn't just one person was that community means you're going to get hurt. And you're going to hurt people, but you can't allow it to close your heart. In the last year, I have done shitty things to people and people have done shitty things to me. Um, There's no other way to do it. Sorry for the language, but it's just the best (laughs) way I have to explain it. And I have had to figure out how to forgive those people and how to forgive myself for what I did. And I'm still working in that. Right. Um, And that sometimes people do the things that they do just because they don't understand. Other times they do it intentionally. And so there is a process of forgiving and not letting that. Sadly, sometimes it does destroy community and I'm not going to get around that, but um, other times it doesn't and there's ways to work through it. And there's a lot of ways that we have to work through it. But I, I, along with understanding that hurt, I've been very glad because there has been, um, I've had others come into my life, especially in the past few months, who have been able to kind of teach me what that looks like to walk through those hurts, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. We all have to, when when we get hurt, I think we've all learned that we either have to we're either not allowed to feel them or we have to hold a grudge. And it's like, no, we need to feel our feelings so we can move on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think earlier this year when I was like meditating on it, like even our little niche side B community, the, you know, the whatever way there is to describe it. And I tried to, pinpoint what what i found was it so different from different you know 
like different church groups or small groups that I've been in. Yeah. Like, I've seen so many of those fall apart after backstabbing or just growing apart or different things because I've been in the church for most of my life and I've seen a lot of these, these groups come and go. And I was like, you know what? I was like, because a lot of times people go into these groups trying to figure out what it's going to do for them. Yeah. And while a lot of people, I feel like we do get to that group thinking like it's, it's finally a place where, you know, it's, it's going to be something for us, something that's going to be good for us. But very quickly we see, Oh, this is a place where we care for each other. Mm -hmm. And we've had some backstabbing and we've had some drama and all kinds of things. And while we don't bounce back perfectly, it's never been able to fully destroy us. No. Yeah. I think that's so important because I, and I think that's another major thing is like community. If you go into community simply about what can I get out of it? It's going to fail you. Yeah. It's going to fail you because no community, not a single person or one group of people are going to be perfect and meet everything or just simply on you. It has to be a understanding of I'm going into this to be part of this community, to give as well as receive and understanding that even in the things that I receive, I'm going to receive them imperfectly. Yeah. You know, but allowing for that grace. Um, and, and again, I think the other biggest thing is for me has not even just been figuring out how to deal when other people hurt me, but when I hurt other people, um, oh, yeah. which for me has been a huge issue, especially in the last um, four months or something um, has been a big issue of I've hurt people. How do I deal with this now? And learning that, first of all, how do I work in that relationship? But then also, how do I just forgive myself, you know? Yeah. And again, it's part of community. So I definitely have to say my, com- my sense of community is very different from May <laughs> when I started this. <laughs> I-, I mean, I would just say in general, this, this season on community belonging has definitely impacted me more than I thought it would. Um, and in a good way, in a really good way. I am very glad that it was the first season. I think it was a really good topic to cover. Uh, And that the one thing I love is that after talking with people who've been listening, seeing how it's been influencing other people and helping them and, and seeing people who learned about this be about side B or like the possibility of being gay and Christian and living according to the traditional um, sexual ethic while being gay. Like they learned about it for the first time through the podcast and got connected to community because of the podcast. Um, so I, I, I'm just so glad for all of those things, you know? And I think it's also like, I didn't think about it at first, but it is important that the first one was on community because like Eve Tushnet says, we can't just have a vocation of no. So side B can't just be the, like the celibacy side or the, the celibacy choice or Mm -hmm. the celibacy one, or, you know, just, just this real big focus on what some people don't have. Yeah. Cause like on the one hand, some of us ain't celibate, some of us married. Yeah. So it's like, it's not exactly that. And it's uh-huh. like, no, side B 
is about, well, it is about celibacy. I, I feel like we, it's also just as much about being the body of Christ to each other. Yeah. No, and I, I totally agree. And I also think the focus only on celibacy also kind of not erases, but at least diminishes those people in our community who are not simply gay, but who are bisexual or pansexual, who being side B doesn't automatically like negate the possibility of marriage and just a general, like you said, like not everyone's celibate. There's people yeah, in marriages. Yeah, I totally understand because like on the one hand, it's like, because also don't strictly identify or describe myself as lesbian or anything like that. It's complicated. We'll get into that one day. Yeah. Um, but it's like, on the one hand, it's like one, that person has a perfectly valid choice of maybe mm-hmm. getting married in a mixed orientation marriage one day. And then some people think it's like, Oh, well they could just get married. And then it, well, that may very well not be the case. Yeah. You know, it might be because we also, there's a, quite a few people that we do know that are strictly gay or lesbian and they're married. Yes. And then we also know bisexual people who are celibate. Oh, so yeah. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's in no way simple. No, no, not at all. So uh, I, I agree. And, and I love what you said. It's, it's absolutely true. Like as Eve said, um, we, can, we can't just simply have a vocation of no. If we want people to live and thrive as side B LGBT Christians, we have to have a yes. <laughs> we have to have a way of them being able to go forward in their life more than just, as I said, just trying not to have sex every day. Yeah, because Jesus said that he came that we would have life and life abundantly. Exactly. Not just survive. Yeah. So, and I guess that kind of gets into some of the things I wanted to share about next season. Right. Which is exciting. So for everyone listening, well, before even getting into next season, this is the last episode of the season on this topic of community belonging. There will be one more season next week and it will be the Spanish episode, which I'm so excited for. Um, We are doing at the end of every season, a Spanish episode. It will not necessarily be on the theme of the season um so this first episode will simply be on what is side b because a lot and of people in latin america don't even know what side b is so we're going to discuss that but next season which will start um the beginning of january 2020 the theme for next season is going to be thriving instead of surviving i didn't even realize i said that (laughs) yeah I'm so excited. It's been one that I've been thinking about um, as kind of going through possible themes and also showing those themes to people and, and talking with them. I felt like after community, thriving would be another really great topic to go over of just how do we not just white knuckle it through our way and just hope that we can get by but right. have like an amazing life. As you said, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life to the full. And that's not just for straight people. Like exactly for all people. So what does that look like in our lives? So we're going to go over different topics like dealing with victimization and criticism, coming out, mental health, 
forgiveness, shame, self-esteem. Uh, we're going to deal with porn and sex, going to deal with self-care, all these different questions that uh, deal with doubt. How do we deal with doubts and stuff? So all these different things, we're going to go over them, have new guests. We're going to have other guests return at times. And we're going to be having new co-hosts. We're going to have a co-host team of probably five to six people. Um, Ashley is going to be part of that co-host team, which I'm so excited about. And the announcements of the others who will be joining the team will be coming later. But I'm really excited and cannot wait to share that information with you guys. So over the next few months, be, uh, keep posted because probably in November, December, I'm going to be releasing a trailer for season two where you guys will hear the names of those co-hosts plus much more. And then with that, the other fun announcement is that season two of the podcast has been accepted on the podcast stage of the Q Christian Fellowship Conference, the QCF Conference, uh, which happens the first week of January in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, right in my backyard. So I'm excited for that and to be able to have a side B platform um, to be able to share that in such a wide in such a wide platform or conference or area or whatever, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so those are some of the things coming up. Um, so if you happen to be at QCF, would love to see you there at the podcast stage. Please come on by and listen as we get through it once again and we start off the conversation on thriving. And the other good news is that if you are planning to come, that QCF has given a special discount code for the listeners of Side B. So if you're planning to go and when you go to register, put in the discount code BSIDE2020 for a $45 discount off of your regular registration. We'd love to see you guys at the podcast stage. What are, you, what are your feelings on season two? Oh, I'm excited. Like, I think when we talked about it, I was like, one community was a good chill place to start. Like, it was a good safe place to start yeah. as well. Besides it, of all the things we talked about before, it was a very, like I said, a very chill mm-hmm. spot to start with. And I think this season coming in, we're going to be talking about some harder things Yeah, that we yeah. all really want to talk about but I feel like it still flows from last season. So there are a lot of things that, that I'm, I'm excited to, um, to cover. And I really like this aspect that it's, like you said, it's not necessarily, I mean, I love our side B celebrities. I really do. I love hearing their wisdom, but like hearing the way that we as a community live through this practically every day and being able to talk about that with my friends is, is really going to be, so I think it'd be interesting because earlier this year I was having, I had an episode myself mm-hmm. and I was like, just, I don't know. I was thinking too much. Yeah. And I was like, I'm at a point where it's like, I've been doing soundboarding in our group for a long time. Yeah. Like I'll take whatever I'm thinking and I'll put it out there and, and see how the community feeds back to it. But I'm like, I'm at the point where I need to start having more conversations, more actual conversations. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be good. Cause I'm going to be able to really, talk through some things and think through some things with people that know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the, that's kind of, 
I, I totally agree. This season's going to be interesting because, and for many of you guys who wrote in, I, I loved getting to hear from people who wrote in saying, oh, I'd love for you to cover this topic or this topic. I want to let you know, not everyone, but a lot of the topics that you guys wrote in asking to talk about, we're going to be dealing a lot of them with a lot of them next season. Um, honestly, to the point where I almost was like, does thriving need to become like a two season <laughs> conversation? <laughs> it might end up being that we'll see. But right now we're keeping it season one season and there's still so many other themes that I want to deal with in the future. Like, like we talked about church inclusion is a well, yeah, broad we conversation. Cover all these to an extent, broad brush topics. Yeah, at first. exactly. And Some of these as- conversations are going to, maybe even become seasons themselves who knows yeah like as time goes on and we and we dive more and more into things and we get into more specifics and more like the like the splitting of hairs of certain things Mm -hmm. there's there's tons of things to get into it's like there's no there's not a lack oh yeah yeah absolutely and I think the other thing that's going to be fun about next season is with the co-hosts we're going to have a few times where we're not going to talk about deep things and we're just going to have fun and talk about culture and life. And that's another part that I'm really looking forward to is just, I'm really looking forward for you to say who it is because we are a fun group. It is. It's I can't wait. It's going to be, there are going to be times it's going to be like, like, like I think like noise wise, it's going to be very busy. Yes. It's going to be interesting. Don't you think Ashley? Oh, interesting is definitely <laughs> <laughs> just one word. That's a word for it. That's a word. So um, I can't wait to share with you guys more. Um, what else is going to, who else is going to be joining us um, as we go forward? Yeah. So, well, I am, I am so glad that we've had this time guys. And thank you so much for listening this season. And I, again, you know what you want to re-listen, keep re-listening. Listen to it twice, three times. Well, don't get obsessed. You have other things in life to do. So do those things. But be back with us in January and share it with your friends. Tell them that they need to listen. And we will talk to you then. Bye, guys. So side B means to me that I can have an identity as being LGBT and still follow the Lord. It, it uh, does away with what I, what I call the abomination gospel. But it seemed to me that I should ask God what he wanted me to do as opposed to go just take what I wanted most. Lisa and I looked at each other and said, well, we believe that Christ is first in our lives. We want to pursue the plans He has for us, and we believe that right now He is calling us to step into this relationship together because whatever He has planned for us is for us to be together and not for us to be apart. Like sometimes when I was in high school, I used to see gay people and I'd be like, I want a gay best friend. (laughs) And you got one! Dear straight people, I am not attracted to you. Just because I am nice or I give you a hug or enjoy your company does not mean I'm falling for you. I'm, I'm lucky uh-huh. to work with 50% certainty on any given day. I'm oh, for me, like 20%. <laughs> yeah, 50% may be a little bit on the generous side for me. <laughs> I'm like, you realize that I'm just making this all up as I go. <laughs> and it's just been such a revelation to me that my sexuality is actually an expression, first of all, how much I long for Jesus. Even if that's broken, it's still in the core of it, you know, 
expresses my longing for Jesus and that it's meant to represent how Jesus gave himself to the church. I think that being able to grieve that loss well and also be in a position to encourage others who find themselves with a similar grief of saying no to something, I think that's a profound gift that we can offer the church. We can offer the church an example of what it is to grieve and lament and also to turn our attentions toward the gospel. The first thing I would want to tell younger folks is that just because your church says you can't be gay and Christian doesn't mean it's true. You can be gay and Christian. I, I'm not side B because people tell me to be so. I'm not side B because of fear of hell. I'm not side B because of the community. And it all really came down to me was just, the only reason I can give is just for love of Jesus. It's been really cool seeing how the Side B, Life on Side B podcast has been unfolding. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just really appreciate you, Josh, and all the people that have been on here and the conversations that you guys are having.